This is podcast number 17 of the Funky O podcast of On the Shoulders of Giants. So, today I'm going to talk about karma and how it, oh, the way it talks about karma in the Bhagavad Gita, and we will dissect it from that perspective. It has many different perspectives. Uh, I also apologize, I'm getting over a cold, so I'm a little stuffy. But the karma is a history in India uh, that's very vast, and it is one of the things that transcends through all the religions of India and uh, even in China, in that karma... Uh, reincarnation and samsara, which is the the wheel that we're on, with that coincides with reincarnation. Basically, it's like we death and rebirth, death and rebirth. This is samsara and karma and dharma, which is your path. Uh, these three things are common throughout all of them. They're a common thread. There may be slight differences on how they view them, on you know, the uh, the level at which they're uh, taken into account of what determines a good birth or a bad birth, but they're present in all of them. So that tells you something. That tells you something that they all agreed on those things. Karma, samsara, which is the wheel of death and rebirth, reincarnation, and dharma, your path, like that you should be living a righteous path. Um, So, we're going to talk about karma, specifically from the perspective of the Bhagavad Gita. So, uh, in chapter 3 of the Bhagavad Gita, it's called Karma Yoga. And it goes into karma a little different than our pop culture version of karma and how we know it. You know, karma tends to be a thing of, uh, basically, it's like, you know, I, I do something bad and something bad happens to me, or more commonly, it's like somebody does something bad to me, and then I'm gonna pull out the karma card and tell them that karma's a bitch and it's gonna come back to you. So you may have screwed me over, but it's gonna come back to you in a bad way. And it's like this negative uh, thing. In reality, karma just means action. So if you wanted to ask somebody their job, in Hindi you would say, keep karma. Like, what is your action? Like, what's your job? What, what action do you perform? And in this way, you know, when I, when I learned that, I learned that from my teacher, Tukaram, and when I learned that, I was like, oh, that's interesting, like your action. And, and there's, a, there's a common way to use the word. And what does the word actually mean? Well, okay, it means action. Rather than the negative reaction that I thought it meant. Or that, you know, pop culture is kind of like woven into me. I used to watch that show, uh, My Name is Earl. <laughs> and it's it was literally about karma. But like, he did bad stuff to people and he wanted to make things right. And it's like the pop culture version of karma. So, uh... In, in chapter 3, it starts off with Arjuna 
ask you a question. So the Bhagavad Gita is a conversation between primarily two people, Arjuna and Krishna, Arjuna being uh, a warrior, Krishna being his cousin, friend, chariot driver, and eventually guru, uh, because Arjuna is bewildered and doesn't know what to do on the battlefield, uh, because he's in an uh, intensely... Uh, challenging situation for anybody where he's seeing his family on the other side but he's a warrior basically a navy seal like an elite warrior and is down to fight but then gets that monkey wrench of oh yeah I, I like to fight I'm down to fight but now I have to fight against and kill my family uh, so that that didn't feel quite right so he's all spun out, and he's trying to figure out how to proceed. And he leads on his cousin, friend, guru, Krishna, uh, who doesn't reveal himself as uh, God yet, but eventually does. So th- this is the Bhagavad Gita uh, as it is by Prabhupada. So... Arjuna said, O Keshava, that's a name for Krishna, why do you want me to engage in this ghastly warfare if you think that intelligence is better than fruit of work? Now, this is typical of the Bhagavad Gita, many religious texts, in that it's almost cryptic, and it's like hard to understand it. I'm going to read it again, because without... With me reading it at face value, I don't even understand it. It says, Okay, Shiva, why do you engage me in this ghastly warfare if you think that intelligence is far better than fruitive work? So, it's kind of putting Krishna on the defensive. And what I tell everybody is I say, you got to read what happened before. What was the verse before? To understand what what's being said. So let's go back to the previous verse just to take my own advice. Uh, so this is Krishna speaking to Arjuna. That is the way that spiritual spiritual and godly life, after attaining which man is not bewildered. If one is thus situated even at the hour of death, one can enter into the kingdom of God. Let's go back one more. We'll go back two more. A person who is not disturbed by incessant flow of desire that enter that enter like rivers into the ocean, which is ever being filled but always still can alone achieve peace and not the man who strives to satisfy such desires. I'm going to read that again. A person who is not disturbed by the incessant flow of desires that enter like rivers into the ocean, which is ever being filled but always still, can alone achieve peace and, and not the man who strives to satisfy such desires. So the desires are flowing incessantly, and they're coming in like a river that's filling an ocean. That's 
always moving, but you know, but is always still. That's interesting. It's a beautiful way to say it. A per the uh, next verse. Uh, a person who has given up all desires for sense gratification, who lives free from desires, who has given up all sense of proprietorship, and is devoid of false ego. He alone can attain real peace. Who has given up all sense of proprietorship. I mean, these are big things to give up. Like, to give up all sense desire, <coughs> sense gratification, that's, that's super hard. Like, think about, like, I've thought about, like, going keto, like, getting on a ketogenic diet, and I'm like, wow, I, I can't seem to give up fruit. Like, fruit to me is just like, man, like, it just, it, it just seems wrong. And, and to be on a ketogenic diet, to go into ketosis, you would have to give up fruit pretty much. I mean, they say you could have, like, six blueberries or something like that, which I, I couldn't do. Uh, so... To give up all sense gratification, who lives free from desire, who has given up all sense of proprietorship, meaning you don't own anything, and is devoid of false ego, he alone can attain real peace. I don't doubt that you would attain some real peace. Um, the word they use there is shantim, which you get shanti from. <coughs> but can, can you get to that place where you can give up everything you own and and the journey will, will be challenging and difficult so interesting the, the way he puts it and then this is the verse before the previous verse that I read this is 2.72 that is the way of the spiritual godly life after attaining which a man or woman is not bewildered. If one is thus situated even at the hour of death, one can enter into the kingdom of God. See, so now this verse makes more sense. We just have to go back and read a little bit uh, about sense desire, giving up proprietorship, that you're eligible <coughs> for this, for this entry into the kingdom of God. That is the way of the spiritual and godly life, uh, after attaining which man or woman is not bewildered. If one is thus situated, even at the hour of death, one can enter into the kingdom of God. Beautiful. And then, our, then now our Judah says, now we're in chapter 3, verse 1, and he says, Why do you want me to engage in this ghastly warfare if you think that intelligence is better than fruit of work? And then in 3.2, he says, My intelligence is bewildered by your your equivocal instruction. Therefore, please decisively, please tell me decisively, which is the most beneficial for me? He's asking the difference, which is better? Fruit of work, meaning karma, or like the intelligence that you're asking. His intelligence is bewildered. Like, what, what is better for them? Sankhya, knowing that he's not the body, or engaging karmic fruit of work. So, 
it's it's you get the sense that Arjuna is a little spun out. You have to be willing to entertain the idea that Arjuna is similar to us in that when you learn something, you're like, wait, what did you say? I don't quite get it. Let me go back. And you get it wrong. Because he gets it wrong. It, like Because Krishna never told him that well, this is better than that in, in this way. <coughs> He doesn't kind of give him that uh, that information, but Arjuna read it or heard it like that, so that he's he's spun out and he's confused, and he wants clarification, as a good student would. So, if you refer refer back to two point three nine, you'll see that this is a good uh, way to go back. Thus far. I have described this knowledge to you through analytical study, which is Sankhya, which is the difference between spirit and matter. Basically, in chapter 2, uh, 212, and, you know, through many of the verses in chapter 2, he talks about Sankhya, which is the difference between spirit and matter, and then what happens when the soul, the soul doesn't die, but the body dies, and things like this. So thus far, I've explained this knowledge to you through analytical study, which is Sankhya the difference between spirit and matter. Now listen as I explain it in terms of working with fruitive results. So now he's saying, when he he says fruitive results, he's referring to partly karma. Uh, it's, It's basically... Your karma is your action. So when you see the word work in there, it's it's he's saying karma, <coughs> and you can see it in the Sanskrit in the breakdown. So, thus far, I've described to you this knowledge to you through analytical study through Sankhya. So he described to us the difference between spirit and matter, that the soul is imperishable; it can't die; that the body and the mind are both material and not essentially you. You are something beyond the body and the mind. You have a body, you have a mind, but you're not just those things. You are a soul, an Atman, is what they say. Now listen, as I explain it, in the terms of working with fruitive results, O son of Purta, that's a name for Arjuna, when you act in such knowledge, you can free yourself from the bondage of works, from the bondage of karma. So the, that's very interesting. You get to free yourself from the bondage of karma, good and bad. So a lot of people think, oh, good karma, good things are going to happen. Well, yes, but you stay in samsara. So you're staying on the Ferris wheel. And the analogy I often give with samsara is basically you're in samsara and it's like you're on a Ferris wheel, but you're not allowed to get up, like leave the ride and go to Gravitron, you know, and <laughs> or like play the dark game or play the game where you're like, you know, hitting the things on the head, you know, and trying to uh, win a stuffed animal or something. Like you can't do any of that. You just have to stay on the Ferris wheel. 
And this is what karma keeps us. Karma keeps us in this loop. And the way to get out of that loop is through not acquiring any good karma or any karma at all, good or bad. The problem is, is that everything we do accumulates karma. So it's 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 a tricky situation. But they give a hack how to kind of work around it. And that's what he's saying. Uh, thus far, I've described this knowledge to you through analytical, analytical study, Sankhya, which is the difference between spirit and matter. Now listen, as I explain it, in terms of working with fruitive results. Working without fruitive results. So how do you work without creating karma? O Sarapurta, when you act in such knowledge, you can free yourself from the bondage of karma. So, I'm going to read it one more time. I'm sorry I keep reading it, but this is the way, like, in the way to read it, and in the way to, okay, because we have to understand, like, like some of these words, like Sankhya, Buddhi, which is intelligence, Yukta, which is the where you get the word yoga from, which means to unite or bring together. Palam, which is a fruit, karma, action, right? So you have uh, you have all these Sanskrit words that are kind of tricky, and then with the translation of things, you know, you got to get used to the way they sound. Thus, I have described this knowledge to you through analytical study, sankhya. The difference between spirit and matter. Now listen as I explain it in terms of working without fruit of results, without acquiring the the, the results of karma. O son of Purta, when you act in such knowledge, you can free yourself from the bondage of works, karma. Okay, so 3.1. Arjuna says, O Keshava, Krishna, why do you want me to engage in this ghastly warfare if you think that intelligence, buddhi, is better than fruit of work, karma? Then he says, My intelligence is bewildered by your equivocal instruction. Therefore, please tell me decisively which is most beneficial? See, he's confused. He doesn't know what to do. He's like, hey, just tell me which was better. <laughs> I've done that. I'm like, I've had that experience. I've said, man, I just need somebody to tell me the right answer. Just tell me what to do. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> I need help. Sometimes you go to a friend and you just say, hey, I'm giving it to you. You tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. Sometimes people throw their hands up to God and they say, hey, please tell me what to do, right? So he's saying, my intelligence, my booty, it's, it's be- bewildered. I'm like, I don't know what, what to do. Please just tell me, which one's better? Fruit of work, karma, or, uh, or this, 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 uh, this sankhya you're talking about. So, uh, so then Krista says, Oh, Arjuna, I have already explained to you that there are two classes of men or women who try to realize the self 
some are inclined to understand it by empirical philosophy, <coughs> speculation, and others by devotional service. So some people are trying to understand it through sankhya, through breaking down things into spirit and matter. So you could break it down like like even more so. You could say, which one's more spiritual, the body or the mind? Or you could say, which one is more spiritual, uh, a dog or a human? Or which one, you know, you could break things down to a degree. And then you could say, which one's more spiritual, a dog or a table? You know, and, and this way you can kind of like create um, create some dichotomies because it's like when I went to school for Chinese medicine, you you have yin and yang, which is basically very similar to sankhya, um, and you, we would say so yang is above and yin is below, and you would say which one is more yang, uh, the chin. Or the nose. Yang is above, yin is below. Which one is more yang? The chin or the nose? Obviously, the nose is going to be more yang than the chin because it's above the chin. Okay? Right? When you think you have the answer. Which one is more yang? The eyes or the nose? Which one is more yang? Which one is more above? The eyes or the nose? You would say the eyes. So the chin, or the, I'm sorry, the <laughs> the 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 mouth is more young than the chin, but the nose is more young than the mouth, and the eyes are more young than the nose. So it's like you know you can break it down into these further uh, things. So Krishna says, I have already explained to you that there are two classes of men or women who try and realize the self. Some are inclined to understand it by empirical, philosophical speculation, so Sankhya, understanding the difference between spirit and matter and further breaking things down, and others by devotional service. And what, what they say is karma yogina. So by linking the process of devotion with yoga, Yoginam, which is of the devotees. So, you could say that Krishna says, O Arjuna, I have already explained to you there are two classes of people who try and realize the self. Some are inclined to understand it by Sankhya, and others are inclined to understand it through karma, through the process of linking with the divine. So then the next, back to the book. Not by merely abstaining from work, karma, can one achieve freedom from reaction, also karma. Nor by renunciating alone can one attain perfection. So Krishna creates dichotomies all through the Gita. He's creating these scenarios or these understandings, just like the dichotomy of yin and yang and the, the face. Right? There's a dichotomy there. So, <laughs> when you're understanding this, because life is, is one big gray area. It's, you know, right when you think uh, killing is wrong, 
you know, somebody can present, you know, you could say, hey, he's killing wrong. Yes, killing somebody is wrong. It's, it's, it's the worst thing you can do, taking another one's life. And then they say, okay, well, and this is like an ethical question, right? An ethical kind of drum that they say, okay, now there's uh, five people are going to die. If you ki- but if you kill this one person, those five people won't die. Okay. And then you can take that a step further. And you can say, okay, now uh, these five people uh, are going to die by this one person. So you have to kill this person. But that person is your child. So now what do you do? And now you can take that a step further. You can say, no, it's not five people. It's a million people. What do you do? It's like, it's an unanswerable question. It's an ethical dilemma. It's it's something they use in ethics courses to explain and prove this point. It's it's incredibly challenging. And you could also, you know, flip it. I mean, these are extremes, right? You could say that this is a person uh, you don't like or whatever. Yeah, you know, which which softens it. But, but making it your child then makes it, what? And it really makes you question things. And it makes you rework your mindset of you just think it's black and white. Yes, killing is bad, you know. Um, and it makes you understand the, the flawed nature of the mind and I'm not saying that there's a right answer there so don't be like oh Millard's dying he's gonna kill Seamus that's my son <laughs> I'm not um, but it, but, but it, 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 when, I, when I'm forced to look at it like that I see it from other angles and I I analyze myself quite differently so 3.4 back to the book Not by merely abstaining from work can one achieve freedom from reaction, nor by renunciation alone can one attain perfection. 3.5 Everyone is forced to act helplessly according to the qualities they have a quality. Let me read that again. Everyone is forced to act helplessly according to the qualities they have acquired from the modes of material nature. Therefore, no one can refrain from doing something, not even for a moment. This one took me a while to understand. And sometimes when I'm reading it, I'm reworking the language of he into they or, you know, person or he or she or whatever. Uh, So forgive me. Um, Everyone is forced to act helplessly according to the qualities they have acquired from the modes of material nature. Therefore, no one can refrain from doing something, not even for a moment. Everyone is forced to act helplessly according to the qualities they have acquired from the modes of nature. So what are the modes of nature? Those are the gunas. Gunas are rajas, tamas, and sattva. So these are these are is similar to, to yin and yang, um, in 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 the way of the way the material world is broken up. Yin and yang are cool and uh, cool and warm. They're night and day. They're light and dark. They're summer and winter. They're 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 opposites. Um, 
And the subtlety of yin and yang, though, is that there is a little bit of yin in the most yang, if you look at the symbol. And there's a little bit of yang in the most yin. And there's there's your dichotomy. So it's nuanced, it is. Um, and, And the word, the born of the modes of material nature are prakriti, jai, guna. So the, there is, and it says all, sarva. Uh, so all of these, all of these modes, rajas, tamas, and sattvic, sattva are, uh, passion is rajas, tamas is like kind of laziness and uh, lethargy and, and sattvic is pure. So you can put those qualities into anything. Uh, your own nature, the foods you eat, uh, the way you are in this moment as opposed to the next moment. And we have all of them running through us because we are humans on the earth. And that's just how it is. That's what we're born into. So that's why everyone is forced to act helplessly according to these qualities they have acquired from the modes of nature. So, You've acquired these from Prakriti, from the karma that you came in with. And that's part of our bag, is, is being human. Uh, we're, we're kind of like bound to these things, by uh, j- j- just if we go by, by nature on its own. One who restrained the sense of action but whose mind dwells on sent objects, certainly deludes himself or herself and is called a pretender. So one who restrains the senses of actions, but whose mind dwells on senses, sense objects, certainly deludes himself and is called a pretender. So it's like somebody who's like basically, sorry, my dog's itching himself. (laughs) And my other dog is crying in my ear. So basically, you have somebody. If if like you're renunciating something, it's like the, the the typical religious person who's renunciating this or that, and then on the on in the in the privacy of their own home, they're they're engaging in these these very acts that they're speaking against. Um, they're a pretender, you know. So <coughs> on the other hand. If a sincere person tries to control the activity senses by the mind and begins karma yoga without attachment, they are far superior. So you're engaging in this, but you're aware of this karma, this, 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 this universal kind of uh, checks and balances. And you can start to, okay, I'm sincere. I want to try and be a better person. How do I become a better person? I start looking at things from other people's perspectives. And I start seeing, how would that make somebody else feel if I did that? Oh, not so good. Maybe that's not such good karma there. Let me let me work from it from this perspective. So I can up my game. I can up level here. I, I can move to the next stage. And actually, it feels quite good when you do good things. Performing your prescribed duty... For doing, for doing so is better than not working. One cannot even maintain one's physical body without work. Perform your prescribed duty. For doing, 
so is better than not working. One cannot even maintain one's physical body without work. Karma. Ah, karma. So, perform your prescribed duty. What's your prescribed duty? That's tricky. That means you have to understand your your path. You have to understand your dharma. (coughs) And what they say here, nityam, which is your prescribed kuru, do your karma, your duty, your action. Perform your duty. Perform your action. Perform your prescribed action. It's an interesting way to use the word karma. For doing so is better than not. So he's saying perform your karma. It then doing a karma, no karma. One cannot even maintain one's physical body without work. Work done as a sacrifice for Vishnu has to be performed. Otherwise, work causes bondage in this material world. Therefore, O son of Kunti, Perform your prescribed duties for his satisfaction, meaning Vishnu, meaning Krishna, meaning God. And in that way, you will always remain free from bondage. Work done as a sacrifice. So the word sacrifice, this is is an interesting word. Because it's it's a word called yagya, which is similar to the word uh, yoga. You know, you have a similar root word. Uh, Work done, karma done, as a sacrifice for Vishnu, has to be performed. Otherwise, work causes bondage in this material world. This is what I was talking about before, where it's like I'm creating karma, good and bad. It creates bondage. Therefore, O son of Kuti, perform your prescribed duties for the satisfaction of God. And in this way, you will always remain free from the bondage you create. It's just beautiful. And it's it, it, this is what kirtan is based on. Kirtan is devotional chanting with music. And <laughs> you can have people who have a lovely voice, beautiful musical talent. Um, they were in bands. They were very connected to, to music their whole life and they get into the yoga scene and they go hey obviously I should do kirtan I know how to play an instrument uh, let me let me do that and that seems like a natural step kirtan is done as an offering to the divine it's a beautiful offering like uh, drawing a painting for somebody um, even when your child draws a picture for you it doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody then takes that picture and then criticizes it and says it's not very good. I had one of my clients when I was doing dog training in the city. Uh, he had he was a big uh, oh, he was a VP of uh, Activision, one of the biggest uh, video game companies that uh, they make Call of Duty, and uh, I think it was Activision. Yeah, and. Uh, he would have these works of art. I mean, like, he, he had a lot of money, and he had definite works of art that were worth 
a lot of money. I don't even know how much, but you know, you knew they were they were famous works of art. And on the hall in the hallway, he had a bunch of kids, and in the hallway he'd have these other paintings that looked like child's paintings, but they were framed in the same elaborate frames as his works of art. And I asked him about them once, and he says, yeah, these are, these are paintings for my kids. And I thought, that's so cool. And that is like kirtan. Like, I may not have the best voice. I may not play the, play the drum or the mandanga or the, or, the, or the harmonium very eloquently as, I, as, as some others. But the offering is there. The, the, the meaning of why I'm doing it is there. I'm looking to connect. I'm looking to do kirtan, which is that. I'm not looking to perform music. I'm looking to, to make an offering. And this is what they're talking about. Now, if I do that, if I do kirtan in a way that is binding me to my ego and to my thing, and I think, okay, I'm playing this instrument. I'm super cool now. I'm I'm connected to who I am, Millard. This is this is building more equity for Millard. Then I'm getting further down the karmic hole and I'm acquiring karma in kind of a weird way. I mean it could be good cuz I'm providing pleasure for people with music and whatever and I'm just singing out my jam, right? There's nothing wrong with that per se. But I'm still creating karma. So the way to stop creating karma is by offering things to the divine. I can offer good things and I can offer bad things. I don't mean bad things. I I mean like when bad things happen to me and I'm struggling, I can reach out and look to connect. One of my teachers, Raghunath, he taught me this mantra, Ram, Ram, Ram. Something good happens, Ram, Ram, Ram. I, I'm I'm watching the most beautiful sunset on the beach with good company and I'm I'm feeling blissed out. Ram Ram I give it right to the divine as an offering. <clears throat> I'm in a stressful situation. I'm in a situation where I need help. Ram Ram Ram. But you never want to be the person that's always like latching on to the oh, I'm only gonna reach out when I'm having the bad day. I'm only going to reach out, ram, 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 whatever it's bad. What is good, it's all on me, and I created this, and I'm going to, I'm going to take ownership of this, uh, this good thing, and I'm going to hold on to it as tight as I can because it's me. See, that's not, that's creating some weird dynamic of you and the divine where you only turn when you need help. Like, how do I turn in a, in a, in a moment of bliss, of human enjoyment how do I turn to the divine there and find find my connection there this is yagya this is kirtan I like sing a beautiful song sing it make it make it uh, make it as beautiful as you can for the divine but don't make it as beautiful as you can so you can feed your own ego so in this way uh, kirtan becomes uh, a yagya it becomes a offering uh, a, a spiritual activity work can be done as sacrifice for the divine has to be performed work done as a sacrifice for the divine has to be performed 
Otherwise, work causes bondage in this material world. It binds you to your material world. Therefore, O son of Kunti, that's Arjuna, perform your prescribed duty for his sacrifice, his, his satisfaction. So you do your duty, but for the satisfaction of the Lord. And in that way, you will always remain free from bondage. You'll always remain free from bondage. That's great. You'll always remain free from it because you're always giving it up to the divine. (coughs) So I'm going to stop there. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can... uh, best way to do it is to take a yoga class at the Funky Home. Um, Come to Free Kirtan. Uh, That's free. Uh, That's every Wednesday night at 400 West Jericho Turnpike. Uh, A great way to support the podcast, too, is to, uh, if you're interested in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and you want to take some Jiu-Jitsu classes, uh, come on down to OM Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's on 201 East Main Street in Huntington. And uh, I hope to see you there.